You are listening to the Overcoming Podcast with Olympian coach and mom, Pam Dukes. Here we find inspiration from trials, tribulations, and life's experiences. Join Pam and her guests as they tackle tough topics facing us each and every day. Sit back and relax as we venture from the shadows to the light with Overcoming. Welcome to Overcoming. This has been in the works for a while, and I am so excited to bring it to you. Our topic today is overcoming sensitivity and taking things personally. When I was younger, I remember being super sensitive. Back then, it felt like every single thing affected me. I felt emotion so deeply. It felt as if everything had some sort of effect on me. I remember, I used to watch a lot of TV. Well, I kind of still watch a lot of TV. But anyway, I can remember watching TV and if a character on the TV show that I cared about died, I was devastated. I do remember a couple times I actually wrote a letter about it. (laughs) I felt wounded though. And the bond and connection I had with that character was now never to return. I do remember crying. I do remember it. I'm not sure if that sensitivity grew from the fact that I was different than everyone else, but I just know that there was a level of sensitivity that felt like it really hurt me. I'm not even sure my family knew about this. I think they probably thought, well, she's a little sensitive, but you know, kids are still growing and learning and developing, you know, that's just probably par for the course. I actually grew pretty tall when I was a kid. I was 5'10 in the sixth grade. And it was extremely hard for me to blend in when you are as tall as the teacher. Yeah, it's usually hard to blend in. I actually became a target for some. So I worked at blending in. I had to hide that sensitivity I told you about because you know how cruel kids can be. I realized that the super sensitivity thing, yeah, that's not going to (laughs) work. I can't go through each day feeling wounded by something. And for me, it was about survival. So I decided I had to change. I had to build up my armor. And not armor in the sense of just shutting everything out, but more of the way I reacted to things. I remember working on giving people the benefit of the doubt. That's the first thing I did. I didn't assume the worst. If someone said something to me that hurt, my inner voice coached me to, well, let's, let's not just think the worst here. Let's not jump to the negative conclusion. And it could be that this person's actually trying to help me. This took a lot of practice. Let's just read that one again. This took a lot of practice. It did not happen overnight. But I knew if I didn't change, then life would be difficult and painful for me. I was very lucky because I discovered sports in the third grade with softball. Then I added basketball, gymnastics, cheerleading, soccer, you name it. I loved sports. I still love sports. And in sports, as you know, you have to learn how to accept defeat. You have to learn how to keep your emotions in check. And the last thing you want to be is that person who flies off the handle or that's a bad sport. So because of that need, I made a connection. Started reading about athletes, tried to see what they did to stay motivated, how they got focused. How did they block out noise and concentrate? And how did they take care of themselves and keep challenging themselves? How did they reprogram that little voice in their heads? 
For me, it's not a little voice at all. It's a pretty loud voice. <laughs> and what did athletes do to fuel themselves? How did they accept defeat? This was big because I did not ever want to be a bad sport. So I ardently worked on being a good sport and accepting defeat. And this was huge for me. Some of the tips I learned that got me through the difficult times and get a tougher exterior were, one was journaling. I didn't really feel like I could share what was going on with anyone. So I just wrote down my thoughts and feelings and getting all those emotions out was big. It helped with every experience. Trying to pinpoint what bugged me was also helpful because sometimes you just get upset. And if someone says what's wrong and you can't say, I don't know, <laughs> you got to figure that out. So I worked on training the self-talk, that voice in my head to be more positive. And then I tried to analyze some of my reactions. So was it reasonable or was I just excessive? I also had to work really hard on overthinking. I think I was a closet project manager, even when I was little. And I could have a whole in conversation in my head, the entire thing. Pros and cons, advantages, disadvantages, what ifs. Needless to say, that had to stop. Working on challenging and changing what was playing in my head was monumental. I also did try to find someone I could talk to. And when I was younger, it's harder because you're kind of not quite sure who you can share things with because kids like to tell everybody what you told them, and that's not good. But I did find I was able to share some with my teammates. And without sports, I would have had to find another source. Nowadays, I think there's all types of avenues available different boys and girls clubs, there's after school activities, there's counselors, there's a lot of things. But whatever the case is, it's definitely worth pursuing finding someone to speak to. Uh, I also think it's important that you find something you love, that you care about. And developing that sense of belonging really helped me because I felt like I wasn't alone. I felt like I shared the same love and joy of an activity and there was a bond there with others. So it felt almost like we were all a part of a big family. For me, I had to work on getting better at seeing things differently. And this took daily effort to make it a habit. Anything you practice long enough actually becomes a habit. I did some research because I wanted to see, well, how long does it take to become or form a habit? Dr. Maxwell Maltz was a plastic surgeon in the 50s. And he noticed that when he would perform a procedure on his patients, it would take a minimum of about 21 days to get that procedure that he performed. Anything you practice long enough eventually becomes a habit. I did some research to determine how long it takes to form a habit. Dr. Maxwell Maltz was a plastic surgeon in the 50s, and he noticed that when he would perform a procedure on his patients, would take a minimum of 21 days to get used to that procedure he performed. He also noticed it took him about 21 days to form a habit and get rid of the old mental image that he had. He wrote a book called Psycho-Cybernetics, and it became a huge hit. But it also created a problem. All those self-help professionals we know about from Zig Ziglar to Tony Robbins, they used the information, but they forgot he said a minimum of 21 days, not just 21 days. And they just ran with the theory. There was also a study done at the University College of London by Philippa Lolly, And he was a health psychology researcher. And in his study, they examined the habits of 96 people over 12 weeks. 
to see how long it took them to form a habit. This included anything from remembering to drink water with lunch, maybe running before dinner, all kinds of activities. The answer, on average, it took more than two months, 66 days to be exact, before the new behavior became automatic. The Lolly study showed it took anywhere from 18 days to, wait for it, 254 days for people to form a new habit. So you got to set your expectations accordingly. And when you're trying to make a habit or make something stick, you have to realize it could take people different time frames to do this. Going back to sensitivity, I managed to get past it and become what I'd like to call normal. There are quotes around that, by the way. <laughs> After college, I was able to take my skills and capabilities into the workforce. And well, this worked for a while. But one thing that happened to me is I started to take things personally and I would get aggravated at work. My mom was my closest friend and biggest advocate. So I would talk to her about these things. And one day she suggested that I read the small book called The Four Agreements. She told me to read it and specifically to focus on agreement too she felt that would help me. Well, you know how this is going to go. Moms are always right, and she was right. <laughs> Here are some of the key points from agreement two. Don't take things personally. According to the book, you are never responsible for the actions of others. Their words should not hurt you. I'm just going to pause and let that one sit for a minute. All right, next, you take things personally because on some level you agree with what is being said. Ouch. All right. You feel like what someone's saying is about you. So it's sort of selfishness that you, you capture that with. But the reality is it's about them. We have a tendency to assume we have such a high personal importance and everything is about us. It's not. All of this comes from growing up, our socialization, things we went through. And according to the book, one thing we must understand is that taking things personally makes you an easy prey. I'm going to say that one again. You must understand that taking things personally make you an easy prey. People will do things just to mess with you. And let me just tell you, that is so true. <laughs> they will say something gets you to feel offended, and your reaction is to defend your beliefs. And before you know it, you've got this big conflict going on. Not good. <laughs> you feel the need to be right, so then you've got to make everyone else wrong. And, and the reality is, if what someone says affects you, you could have some wounds that they're touching. we got to remember that what they're saying is from their point of view, not yours. We get mad sometimes because we're afraid or jealous, but we don't need to do that. Whatever they do or say or feel is about them. You are wonderful and don't give over your power. Now, it is true that some people will say things and they are actually trying to help you. So you don't want to just shut everything out. <laughs> but again, the goal here is we're trying not to take things personally and become hurt by them. We, according to the book, are wonderful, which I agree with, and we don't want to give away our power. We have a choice in what we believe and agree with. 
trust ourselves, avoid getting upset or jealous or angry or envious. And this, this part is big coming up. Stay away from gossip. We got to learn to build up our immunity. According to the book, the first two agreements, being impeccable with your words and not taking things personally, it can help you get past 75% of negative things. That is huge. Those are odds I think anybody would take. We don't want to make assumptions. And when we hear something, the thing to do, and this is one of the things I've learned to do as a coach, is to ask questions. Try to get a clear understanding of what the situation is. So why did I decide to confess this to you? Well, as we grow and learn, there are things we all need to conquer, learn, and add to our playbooks. And overcoming sensitivity and taking things personally are two things that I desperately had to change and work on. And I believe I've been successful in doing that. But please know, as Beyonce says, she woke up like this. I did not just appear like I am right now. It took a lot of work and a lot of help from a lot of people. I'm not sure anyone knows this story about me. And so I'm hoping to demonstrate that who we are now and who we may have been can change. So if you're in a place that's not good or difficult, just know that you do have the opportunity to change. But guess what? You are going to have to work at it. None of us has a simple life or a pain-free life. We all must conquer things. And if you have children, you want to do your best to reach them and help them. If you can, you want to try to find some sort of activity or group or something they can participate in and have fun. I think children have so much they have to deal with now. According to the CDC, 7.1% of children ages 3 to 17, which is about 4.4 million, are diagnosed with anxiety. 3.2% of children ages 3 to 17, which is about 1.9 million, are diagnosed with depression. According to the Mayo Clinic, depression, anxiety, and suicide are common mental health problems associated with a lacking of sense of belonging. These conditions can lead to social behaviors that interfere with an individual's ability to connect with others, creating a cycle of events which further weakens the sense of belonging. And as I said before, anything you can do to help children or anybody find an activity, hobby, sport, anything that allows them to be part of a healthy group or team is highly encouraged. It helped me and it can help others as well. The sense of belonging is fundamental to the way humankind organizes itself and we cannot separate the importance of it from our physical and mental help. When we feel we have support and we're not alone, we actually cope more effectively with difficult times. So that is my summary from the CDC and the Mayo Clinic. For me in summary, I was able to recognize I wasn't like everyone in many ways. <laughs> I hid my sensitivity really well, but I also was smart enough to know that I had a problem and I had to work on it. If you find you have any of these challenges, please talk to someone and find a mentor or champion that can help. There are so many support groups out there, counselors, but you have to take that first step of asking for help to make things better for you. Please find help because you are worth it. Recognize you are not alone. Many people have these types of challenges, 
but they put up a good front and they don't share. They're afraid that they'll be ridiculed, criticized, or even rejected. And if you do take things personally, I recommend you read this book, The Four Agreements. The audiobook is $8.99, and I'm telling you, it, it, it really hits home on some things. I actually even have a couple extra copies, and I'll be glad to share those with people who feel they need help. First come, first serve. Feel free to reach out to me. There's a couple things that are a little strange about the book, but I want to make sure you don't overlook the larger message. We are all going through something. Thank you for your time. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Overcoming Podcast, where we shared our experiences and demonstrated that we are all overcoming something. We'll see you next time. And remember to subscribe to our show.